Welcome. This is ActiveSpirituality.life. It is a weekly forecast program with astrology and a guided meditation activation to help you make the most of your week. It's run by Pamela Cuccinell, that's me, the astrologer, and Susie Mazzoli, Master Healer. We invite you to find out more about our individual work, Susie Mazzoli, susiemazzoli-healer.com, or insightoasis.com for astrology. You can also find both of us at activespirituality.life, and we look forward to your joining us every week. Please share with your friends. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to activespirituality.life. We are well into the second part of this year, 2022, and Pam is going to let us know all about week 31, starting on uh, August, Monday the 1st, and then I'll be back with our meditation and if you are in the northern hemisphere, hope that you are keeping cool. And if you are in the southern hemisphere, hope that you are keeping nice and cosy and warm. <laughs> okay, Pam, what's ahead? What's ahead? Okay, August. Well, first, shout out to all those lovely Leos. If you are one or if you know one, this is in the arc of the party season because Leos love to have parties for themselves or, you know, whether they tell people it's their birthday or not. So you may be going to a lot of uh, fiestas or events right now. Okay, let me pause this. So August 1st is also uh, known as Lamas. It is the basically what happens, okay, you've heard me talk about the solstices and equinoxes, which are when the sun enters a cardinal sign, zero degrees cardinal, Cancer, Capricorn, Libra, and Aries. On the quarter periods, we have the sun has moved into 15 degrees fixed. And so these are periods of time when we are in still at this point that is accessing the world axis. So 15 degrees fixed is a it's a, I'm trying to think of the right word. Uh, I would say it's a trigger time when we become alert of what's going on. Now that actually occurs um, absolutely in real time on August 8th. But Lamas, I mean, these, these Sacred days of celebration, Beltane, Lamas, Samhain, also known as Halloween. Um, the calendar is shifted a bit because of procession where the sun actually is in the sky as opposed to traditional celebrations of these times of year. But the other thing you'll probably see a lot on the net is talk about the Lion's Gate, uh, which happens at this 
time of the first decan of Leo around seven, eight degrees Leo. And actually, when I was in Greece, I was under the lion's gate in my sea. So that was pretty exciting. An actual ancient site that is literally called the lion's gate. So my point is, <laughs> with this kind of opening ramble, is that this week of August is very critically charged. We are coming off that Leo new moon I talked about last week. It is an absolutely wonderful time to be creating whatever it is you want, need, must create. This is the season to do it. Of course, as Susie mentioned, it may be very hot where you are. You may not feel a lot of energy momentum for creativity, but creativity happens in all different ways and shapes and forms. It sometimes is about, oh, I'm actually going and I'm modeling clay or I'm creating this wonderful uh, composition or I'm doing this, that or the other thing. Or sometimes it's meditative, focused and visioning. So you decide what you're doing it. Now, the most important thing I must mention about Monday, August 1st is that there is a picture in the sky between the planet Mars and the planet Uranus. And this happens, it's not an infrequent occurrence because Mars travels roughly two and a half years in its orbit and Uranus is always somewhere in the sky. But when Uranus and Mars are in direct line, and especially because the sun is in Leo, also a fixed sign. There is a lot of intensity and light around sudden change movement. And it, the thing is, it's, neither by its intrinsic quality it's neither positive nor negative but it depends what's being affected or what's engaged with this energy so mars is manifestation of the libido it's how we assert ourselves it's um it's how we express sexual desire, it's what we go after in life, and it's also anger, how we express anger, and it can be very hot. In Taurus, the energy, you really have to, you really have to have teased the bull to get that Mars inflamed. That being said, Uranus also in line with it, Uranus, planet of change, revolution, and having a tremendous, um, not that the planet itself is having an impact on the earth, but because it's in Taurus, it is very much symbolizing and uh, echoing what's happening on our planet with cataclysmic changes, actual physical changes. 
Uranus, when it moves through different signs, does different things. But Taurus is the sign that's linked to Gaia, the Earth. So we're actually seeing seismic, cataclysmic changes in the Earth. And yeah, thematically, you've heard me speak quite a bit about climate change and the acceleration of awareness we must have about it. So on a positive note, um, it's hopeful that the U.S. government will finally pass this bill, which of course is not perfect, but it is it is the most um, dynamic statement that has happened to date. So fingers crossed, uh, sending out all that good positive energy for that. Um, but also just note that on August 1st, there may well be some kind of uh, physical earth statement about um, cataclysmic change. Now, this can also affect finance because Taurus is about finance. And if we look back historically, last time Uranus was in Taurus, a lot of things were engaged in stock market and volatility. So this particular day, uh, the moon's in nice he healing Virgo. It's very nicely aspected, working with Pluto. Uh, having to do with how do we morph, shape, shift, allow the changes or things that must happen. And I know I've been talking a lot about Monday, which sometimes I do, but that's because this is just so, this is such a dynamic day. And so it doesn't matter if, uh, as Susie saw us, it says, if you're sitting on your bum and just uh, meditating and, and sending out positive energy and, uh, and visuals and envisioning a, a better frame for the architecture of what we're creating, because that's what we're doing with Pluto at the end of Capricorn. We are... We are breaking down things that don't work anymore, pulling down huge juggernauts that no longer serve us. And we lay down the foundation for what comes next. So very dynamic day, wonderful day to work therapeutically, uh, either if that's the work you do or if you see a healer, very a day where things can actually pivot. It can be subtle. It can be very obvious, but it will be profound. The moon goes void, of course, at 6.29 p.m. Eastern time. So please adjust depending on where you are on the planet. And once it's void, it's void for the rest of the evening. So that Mars-Uranus uh, conjunction happens exactly at 7.53 p.m. <clears throat> Once it's passed, things should not be as volatile. But leading up to that point in time, uh, there's a lot going on. 
And so you don't want to engage in an argument. You certainly don't want to snap back at somebody who's deciding they want to pick a fight on the metro or or driving. Um, It is, keep in mind, Taurus, the powerful bull energy, so stately and important, especially when we look back at older civilizations where the bull was considered actually the one of the animals that was linked to Isaac Ishtar, goddess of love and creativity, because so much came from um, the work that the bull would do in societies, but also how the bull was envisioned as a creature. And so when you think of that power that tempers itself, you know, just chews its cud, does what it needs to do, tempers itself, does not engage unless provoked. That's how we want to carry this energy on today. And if there's a provocation that, you know, it doesn't have to be aggressive, but if something um, triggers or encourages you to take action and it's positive action, then by all means do it. So on Tuesday, the second, the moon enters Libra at 12.06 a.m. And that's in the dark of night as we're coming into dawn uh, many hours later. And when the moon's in Libra at this point in time, uh, she moves through some difficult passages because of where other planets are positioned, especially Pluto. And because of this, I mean, Libra in general, when the moon is in Libra, we want to pursue cultural arts. We want to have conversations that are uplifting or involved in how do we see, find common ground? How do you hear me? I listen to you. And uh, we, we find resolution and compromise. Absolutely, Tuesday and Wednesday are good days to do these things, but with Pluto kind of overseeing everything, and we have to also keep in mind that Jupiter is now retrograde, uh, absolute resolution or compromise or coming to terms still requires a lot of negotiation and power struggles. And But the most important thing is to keep your eye on the overall goal vision or where the common ground is. We, We have been losing our way, societies everywhere. We have been losing our way with this polarization, which has been so extreme, but that, you know, that's just part of everything that we're dealing with. But the way out of the polarization is to understand where the other is coming from and don't see it as a uh, impossible 
passage to cross. Because when we do that, nothing happens. We're paralyzed. And we can't afford to be paralyzed. I mean, globally, we can't afford to be paralyzed, but individually, we can't either, because it is absolutely critical that every human being, every divine child, every person who's here on the planet, we're here for a reason. And when we're when we're in stasis, when we're not able to move forward, then, I mean, sometimes it's an appropriate place for us to be. But with the moon in Libra, it's about how do I reach the other? Libra is the opposite sign of Aries. So Libra is always working to understand the individuals out there. And so that's what we pass through on these couple of days, however you use it. You might just paint by yourself in your studio or, or, um, or compose a, a letter or a conversation <clears throat> with someone who's no longer in your life, uh, maybe is passed on, but you still are looking for resolution, completion, understanding. and. That is a totally appropriate way to use this energy. The moon goes void, of course, not until Thursday at 2.20 a.m. And I also want to mention that on Wednesday, especially in the morning or early afternoon, if you're feeling limited, if you're feeling like there isn't enough for you're just not able to get the things you need or want. Give yourself a hug. Give yourself some sort of acknowledgement that maybe it's not everything you want, but you're going to give yourself something to acknowledge that you do deserve, even if you're not getting the realization of what you really want or going for at this point in time. And that's especially lovely to do if you are finding yourself in this kind of negotiation back and forth, not getting, um, seeing the resolution you want. It, it's, it's always good to check in here, acknowledge yourself, and just know that this is a process. And You'll wake up in the morning the next day and it'll look different. So, <clears throat> so Thursday, the 4th, when things will look different, or perhaps they will, uh, the moon enters Scorpio at 7.47 a.m. Once it's in the sign of Scorpio, it is cooking along to help pull things together for whatever it is you're working on achieving or making happen. This is a highly productive day for those who are focused and know where they're going. Um, also very therapeutic, depending on what work you're doing or um, if you're engaged in some sort of way where you're 
looking for healing or help. On Friday the 5th, Moon is still in the sign of Scorpio. Uh, now it now it's engaged in a little more of a tug of war. And so that can be very intense, but it can also really kind of bring out or flush out some things that need to be seen, spoken about, understood in order to kind of get to where you really want to go. This can be an inner process for many of us. It can also be something that you're engaged with another, might have financial overtones to it. Um, but it's it's very much about, in the end, in spite of what may feel like back and forth or uh, at points you may feel anger triggered, especially in the later part of the evening, determine where you want to go with that. I mean, I always, I always say, including to myself, eh, I know everybody thinks I'm this kind of calm water person, but boy, people who know me well know I have a, um, you know, I have a boiling point. I have an anger piece inside of me. Injustice makes me crazy. And so, but I have to understand when it comes up, when it flares up, what is the best way to express this? Because you don't get where you need to go by blowing up the room. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so acknowledge the anger, see it, and come to a conversation with it and decide what is the most effective way to do it if you're the person who's feeling that. If you're getting it directed to you, again, try to seek where the, where the wound is, where the grievances and that will serve you better than reactivity for those who stay up really late midnight into the wee hours are really delicious for any kind of creative or really intense relating that you want to do the moon goes for it of course at 7 24 a.m on Saturday the 6th, and it's void until the afternoon, 12.39 p.m., when it enters Sagittarius. So this morning, Saturday, just looks really wonderful to me to be with people you really love and care about and just really sink into um, just deep relating. And that can be just with yourself, your journal, and perhaps your cat or puppy on your lap. <laughs> so once the moon enters Sag on Saturday, uh, just a, a little bit afternoon, then it's time to be outside. It's time to open up your lungs and experience the out-of-doors nature in some way. If it's really hot, just take it slow. But um, Sag energy, when the moon's in Sag, it's its best gift 
is the out of doors. Uh, if you can't have that for some reason, um, watch a, a lovely movie that takes you to beautiful vistas or foreign travel. And Sunday, similar with that moon and Sag, the thing to keep in mind is that because of where the moon is traveling and what else it's engaged in, we may we may literally lose our way. Like uh, take your compass. If you're on a hike, stay on the trails. Make sure you have plenty of water with you. Uh, you don't want to lose your way. The other thing I have to mention about Sunday is there's a picture in the sky between Mars and Saturn. And that happens mid-afternoon, late afternoon. And this can this can be again, argumentative, people digging their heels in the ground and just saying no. And it passes, it'll pass by early evening. And so I I would say don't get into anything irrevocable unless it's really somebody you don't want in your life anymore, <laughs> which sometimes is a good decision. And now I turn it over to Susie. I invite everybody to Take a deep breath and come into your body. And just bring your attention now to the second chakra. And that's where we find our sexual reproductive organs. It's where we also find the water systems of the body. So the urinary tract system, I also think of it as the blood and the lymphatic system. It's the place in our body that I really work with when I think about creativity. And you can easily make that connection because, of course, of our reproductive system, that, that each one of us is capable when we meet with the opposite sex to actually create that child, that baby. We are reproducing mammals and we reproduce from tiny, tiny, tiny little seeds within us. And we can also think of a tree, like a beautiful, huge tree that comes also from a tiny acorn or a, a corn plant that you perhaps you're, you have a little home garden and you put in just one tiny little kernel of corn into the ground and then a couple of months later you have a giant plant that's giving you many, many ears of corn that each has hundreds of seeds on that corn. Each and every one of us, every single human being, has a tremendously powerful seed within us of creativity. And we can use that seed to create rocket ships and travel to the moon. We can create farms to grow food. We can create beautiful paintings. We can create incredible pieces of music. Our creativity is boundless. It is infinite. 
And what we really need now in our world, considering all of the difficult situations, the most the most obvious and the most drastic situation now being our climate, we need to be creative. We need to be inventing. We need to be courageous and step outside of the box and look at what can we do. So I invite everyone now, whether you're an artist, whether you are a scientist, whether you are an engineer, a writer, whether you're a farmer, no matter what you are, every single one of us now, allow ourselves to open up that creative channel within us. Bring your attention to the second chakra. So that's just above your pelvis, just below your belly button in the middle of your body. And just visualize there a beautiful ball of orange light. Orange being the color of the second chakra. And visualize inside that light now your seed of creativity, your seed of tremendous invention. You don't have to actually visualize anything at all, only the energy of creativity. And see this beautiful, clear orange light. Feel it inside your body. And then allow that ball of light to grow so that you are inside this beautiful ball of radiant orange light. You're a beautiful, huge ball of creativity. And feel the warmth, feel the energy, feel the excitement, and feel the flow. Feel the flow of energy throughout your body. Feel the flow of thoughts in your mind, the flow of feelings in your body. And just sit like that just for a few moments, bathing in the orange light of creativity. And as you're sitting there, this orange light is kind of dusting, moving around the furniture in your mind and dusting, sweeping behind some of those old bits of furniture, those old ideas. Just feel this incredible energy which is revitalizing you. And as it does, it's allowing system a lot of space for our creativity, for our body and our mind, our heart, our feelings, to come up with some new ideas, some new ways of being allowing us to change, to get unstuck, allowing us to be brave 
and really consider our lifestyle by doing very simple and practical things like trying to save water by not using plastic, by eating organic, but also we're putting this big energy out into the world of how we can as a humanity how we can as a civilization, how we can change our ways and bring about new ways of being, new systems by looking at the old systems, by looking at the practices of our Indigenous peoples throughout the world and looking at how we can live more simply more gently, more spiritually in our world. And it can happen. It can happen right now for every single being on the planet. And let us feel that intention. Let us visualise that world where there is ecological justice where there is social justice, where all beings, all animals, all plants, all of life, all of our planet can live in peace. And as we feel this energy within ourselves, we are projecting into our future, this world, with our intention we are creating the world in front of us with our thoughts, with our feelings, with our plans, with our brilliance. We are creating the world in front of us. And we can feel that courage, that bravery, that is needed to make change, to make sacrifices. And we do this for the benefit of all beings everywhere. And as we bathe in this beautiful ball of orange light, we now create a beautiful ball of orange light throughout the entire planet allowing all beings to be sparked up with this energy of creativity. And as we do this, gently opening our eyes and leaving this intention out there, leaving it there for all of us to thrive. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much, Pam. Have a great week and love now. You have been listening to Susie Mazzoli and Pamela Cuccinell of activespirituality.life. If you've enjoyed this program, consider a donation. You can find the link for that, activespirituality.life. Regardless, we look forward to having you join us again for next week's podcast. Please share and Have a great week.